at Baker's. No matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum, restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Who Cares About the Rock Hall, a podcast about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm your host, Joe Quazala, and I know too much about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And throughout all of 2021, that was on full display. Here with me, <laughs> as always, is my co-host. She's the voice of the people. She's the skeptic. She knows a lot about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And once again, this year, she gained more knowledge, but did she hold on to any of that knowledge? Perhaps we will explore this question in this episode. It's Kristen Stuttered. Hi, Kristen. Hi, Joe. Wow. What a year it's been. We're at the a end. A lot of ups, a lot of downs. The fact that we went to an in-person ceremony in Cleveland. And didn't just... know it was at the very last opportunity to do such a thing. Wow. I mean, what a time. What a time we have all had. Yeah, I mean, this this has been a, a year of changes in many ways. And because this episode is going to drop on December 31st, I think it like is the only ball. like the... <laughs> not unlike the big old ball in Times Square. This episode will drop. And, you know, I think this is a good opportunity to pause. And I know I, I talked a lot of hype about how we are in the middle of a several part series of episodes. And we did our first installment. I'm already pausing it, but it's the end of the year. Let's take a breath and let's look back. Let's reflect on this year of this podcast. In terms of calendar years, Kristen, this was our fourth what? year. I hate it here. Oh, no. We started, we had, we had, we had most of 2018. I mean, we started into the year and then we had 2019 we had 2020 and this was 2021 their fourth calendar year of doing this program and this was non-stop 2021 we really we went full on we had a few remasters in the mix but there's a lot of eps there are a lot of episodes we did a lot of things we wrung dry the the towel that was the inductees <laughs> we did a lot of we certainly did a lot of stuff you know we started off this year you know we had some kind of straggler episodes of just kind of doing regular artist episodes with you know we did grace jones technically at, at the beginning of this year and the bangles and, and kate bush but really to me the year for us does not start until we begin nomination season until we start special coverage of the oh, rock yes. and roll hall of fame nominations and so we had a safe return to some IRL episodes. I'm thinking about in particular, we did do the traditional FYE episode early on this year to kind of kick it off, talking mm -hmm. about the uh, artists that become eligible this year, uh, you know, culminating in Foo Fighters and Jay-Z. But, you know, Finger Eleven was in the mix, Kristen, lest you forget. <laughs> I do remember that. 
Ping pong. Oh, yeah? Is it Franz Ferdinand? No. No. Um, but of that ilk. And also alphabet- alphabetically in the same region. Keep playing. I hold on so nervously to me and my drink. I wish it was cool in me, but so far has not been If you ask me an all-time bad name, like Guster's pretty bad. I think this is worse than Guster. This is a very bad name. I'm going to have to tap out. It starts with an F? Two words. Two words. Is it a person's name? No. I don't know it. It's Finger 11. Fuck Ugh. off is more like it. That's actually... Apologies I think that's to Franz Ferdinand. Finger 11? <laughs> I can't even believe you included that. That's bullshit. That they, should have been like number the very first one that you played. I thought about... They have them, less of a chance than Jars of Clay. I, I thought about putting them first, but then I was shocked that they had... Two songs. Whereas What's everyone their other song? They have a song called One Thing, where it's their ballad. It's very like WB, dramedy. Yeah, that's playing in the bedroom in the that was in, That was a very fun one. I, I want to say you were offended at the placement of Incubus. I put Incubus <laughs> I put yes. Incubus higher than Ben Folds 5. What's great about it is that there's a DJ. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. what's really excellent is that a DJ, every band should have a DJ, and the best band with a DJ was Limp Bizkit, and the second best band with a DJ is Incubus. Yes, and it's so is, rude. This is Incubus. The song is Drive. I think Incubus this, it has more esteem than Limp Bizkit. I think Limp Bizkit's more of a joke. I think they're both kind of jokes. But Incubus was huge at a time when rock bands were not being huge anymore. Yeah. They were massive. Like early 2000s, yeah. they were mm-hmm. giant. Really, really big. They just seem like background noise to me. Like I've heard the song a zillion times mm-hmm. and I could not piece together that it was Incubus. Yeah, I was never super into Incubus. I think it's really shameful where you have placed them on the list, actually. Well... I mean, I guess I'm just saying, to me, They have Incubus, a bunch of songs. They had a pretty long career, and they were really, really popular. And they were in no way impactful. I think I that, mean, that, say that is yeah. the thing. Say that to you. my to chemical Muse? romance. <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> to me, I'm like, they just were not important at all. They could have been all of those yeah, things, but that. they're just not important, even a little bit important. They've never like, been at ben the top Fultz of Like, Ben Folds 5 a... should be number four on this list, oh, wow. and they should swap spots. Wow. Because they're just more important. I don't know if that's true. I don't <laughs> they're more see important how. in my in life. In your life, there you go. That's the qualifier that I was looking for. Go. I continue to stand by that. That nothing has changed from the beginning of the year to the end. I, mm-hmm. I stand by my Ben. Um, and we will be doing the FYE episode for 2022 relatively soon. You know, we will kick off oh next year. And that will be fun to do that probably again safely outside yeah, we're, back. we're back where we started the carousel goes round and round but yeah and then you know we, we did our draft okay joe let me see if i can remember who i drafted i got jay-z you sure have taken two of my top three but see? you have certainly not taken my number one you have taken my number two and my number three and the, once again i'm about to clean the fuck up with the very obvious <laughs> mm-hmm. and unfortunately missed jay-z Check them out now. Big 
it was his the, uh, first year eligible and he will get on the ballot and he will get in. So be it, see to it. You end up getting four points for Jay-Z because had never been on a ballot before and got in this year. You know, of course, I ran away with it, you might say. So let me see if I remember who you drafted. You had the Go-Go's, didn't you? No, no. Oh. River Butcher got Go-Go's first, oh, first, first overall round. pick. First overall pick. I will pick. take for my first pick one that I think is in my heart and also I actually think is a good pick, but I might be wrong based on what your faces look like when I say the name. So we'll find out. But I think given circumstances, given the history of the Rock Hole nominations, the lack of certain people, styles of people, <laughs> shall I say, uh-huh. um, I'm going to go with the Go-Go's for my first pick. That's a good pick. Good pick. Right. Never nice. been on a ballot okay, all before. Right. Have a lot of... Yeah, and the documentary I feel like is maybe building to some momentum for that group this year. I think that's a solid, solid pick. I feel great. I feel like I'm going to puke and I feel great. (laughs) That was a great pick. Did Jimmy take Pat Benatar? No, Jimmy took like Iron Maiden. No, No, Jimmy took Pat Benatar (laughs) second overall pick. And then you got Jay-Z. And of course, if that's the first round, who would I then take after after Jay-Z? Um, to maximize someone, oh, my the points. Foo Fighters. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. took the Foo Fighters. Okay, so it's up. It's now my turn. Similarly, I am going with a first-year eligible pick. There's kind of two this year that seem very likely to not just make the ballot, but then also be inducted. So I'm picking the Foo Fighters. Dave Grohl plays the game. Yeah, he is at every induction ceremony. He's on the nominating committee. He's the most well-liked man in music it just seems if not for that not to take away from you know the 25 years of pretty consistently good rock straightforward rock joe asked me to try to think of some moments from this year Mm -hmm. that i could remember and you know the list is short but it is meaningful right on par with me finding out janet got in is me finding out that Tina fucking Turner was on the ballot. So that is number 15 of the nominees. But there's more, I know it. There is a 16th nominee. What's love got to do? It's got to do with it. You have got to be kidding me. You, I I thought to to myself, here's what I thought to myself. (laughs) Christian has stood up. I thought to myself, (laughs) you know, Careful. Oh, we are doing it. We are making good on the wrongs of the past here. And I feel like he's holding one back. And I thought it was going to be Mariah. And I was prepared for that. I was in my heart prepared. I was like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be Mariah. And that's going to be great. And you're going to be very happy. You are going to be feeling some emotions. I did not know (laughs) that. Yeah. Tina Turner solo. Tina Turner solo. Finally, so this I is, mean, this is also like a technicality. This is where they had just said, "Well, she's in with Ike. That's the '60s output. Oh, that's Proud Mary. That's River Deep, Mountain High. That she's in, and I that's fine." Have never felt more <laughs> seen or heard by the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominating <laughs> committee than I do in this moment because I will say. 
three years ago, two and a half years ago, I brought up to those people, I said, what about Tina Turner solo? She's linked forever to her abuser. And they all were like, they literally said, what about Ike solo? Literally said, what about Ike solo? And And now you look at two years later, She's on the ballot and she's going in, baby. There's no fucking way she's yeah. not going in. She has there to is no a, way. So, somehow a podium has just materialized in front of <laughs> I Christine. I just can't believe. I am so. An American flag. That might around. be our biggest moment of the year because that is a long time coming from the very first episodes of, of this show. This was one of the few in-person episodes in person. we did this year. So you did stand up. I got to see you stand up, yeah. walk around <laughs> my yard and realize not only the justice that's being served here, but the long time wait is is finally over. And then also that you are going to be at the ceremony where she's inducted. There's all those things happening at once. The fact that it was such a done deal, it was so incredible to behold. That is one of, oh my gosh, I'm going to regret saying this, but it is one of the things that makes doing this show worthwhile is... That, you know, I had I not invested enough time and mental energy, I would not have had the reward would not have mattered at all. Mm -hmm. And so with that in mind, (laughs) thank you, the hall. And and so we had that nominee announcement episode. We had it with Greg Heller. And, you know, it was one of the best ballots in potentially Rock Hall history. That's one of my favorite episodes because I just continued to be shocked, shock after shock after shock. And then, I mean, and that led into our first three nominee episodes. In in an unprecedented way, we were able to have three episodes in a row that were all about Black women. Because the the ballot gave us the opportunity to cover black women. Can you believe it? We talked about Mary J. Blige with Morgan Rhodes from the Heat Rocks podcast. We talked to Dionne Warwick with John Darnell from the Mountain Goats. And that story that John Darnell told about losing friends to AIDS in the 80s and the song That's What Friends Are For and how impactful it was to the community that was dying. I mean, it's that's one of, I think, the most meaningful moments that we've ever had on our show. I have a special relationship to it for a number of reasons. The people who, when I was addicted to amphetamines and couldn't function for myself, when I was 19 years old and was all never more than a few steps away from the grave, I was I was a mess. I wasn't, you know, and, and people think of me and they pity me. I also wasn't a very good person at this time, you know. But I had people who believed in me, and they were mainly drag queens. Uh, and this was in Portland, Oregon in 85 and 86. And most of them would probably identify as trans now. They all used female pronouns, feminine pronouns. And um, uh, and they all died. They're all gone now. And um, give me a second. Um, and when they died, the president of the United States would not say the name of the disease that was killing them. Um, it was a terrible time in history. By that time, I had gotten on my feet a little bit, and I was working at a six-bed house for people who were dying of AIDS. And it was not called a hospice, but that's what it was. These people weren't leaving the house. And uh, that song came out during that time. I was there with people who weren't going to make it out of my house, remembering my friends who were either already dead or on their way. And this song came out, and it was the video is not 
this is the age of expensive videos, but they couldn't scare up a big budget for Dion and friends, right? This thing was shot on a stage with like three camera angles. It's mm -hmm. a cheap ass video. Elton John is still big, but he's not that big. They couldn't get giant A-listers to commit to show up for people with AIDS, right? She got who she got and she got it together, but it meant the world uh, to a lot of people. I'm thankful for that episode, not just because many people I know are jealous that I have spoken <laughs> to John Darnielle, but also that was a very lovely tribute to his friends and also to that artist. So that's like one of my absolute favorite moments of our show ever. And mm -hmm. it happened in this very year, 2021. We thought nothing yeah. good could happen, turns <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah, and you know, when we got to finally have a Go-Go's episode and you know, Evelyn yes. McDonald was the perfect person to talk to about that. It was nice to reconnect with her, someone we you know, hadn't talked to for a few years at that point. And, you know, I'd been holding off on a Go-Go's episode with the hope that they would be nominated and then we could talk about them while they were on the ballot. You know, uh, were we the first people to suggest that Drew Barrymore would induct them? I don't know. I mean, Joe seems to think that we have a pipeline <laughs> to the hall. Uh, someone else who has written about how much she loved the Go-Go's and had their poster on her walls and stuff is Drew Barrymore. You know, they like to do a, you know, a special non celebrity, non-musical celebrity type person. So that could, you know, as a big name, that's, that feels like HBO approved. Yeah. I think Drew would be a fine inductor. They had Charlize last year. All uh, bets are off. All bets are off. Anything is possible. You know, I do think we really up-leveled what our, the expertise of our guests was so off the charts this year. Like there were so many guests who truly had encyclopedic, mind-blowing, in-deep knowledge about some of our, the artists that I didn't really know much about. I'm thinking about obviously the Fela Kuti episode. I'm thinking about the Billy Preston episode. With Lauren Onkey, you're With right. Lauren Onkey. I'm thinking about the episode about Reverend- With Rev Payton. Rev yeah, Payton. We, we talked we talked about Charlie Patton with Rev Payton. Like there were so many times where I was just listening to people who have a really in-depth knowledge of a subject that they just lives within them and they can just talk forever about it and have so much insight to share, which was really very cool uh, mm -hmm. for many of our episodes this year. Yeah, nearly everybody, especially for the the nominees and, and some of the side category inductees, nearly everyone we talked to had written about the artist. John Darnielle wrote about Dionne Warwick for a book called Stranded. Maureen Mann wrote a book called Black Diamond Queens that covers Tina Turner. You know, Evelyn McDonald had written about the Go-Go's for the New York Times. Roy Traken wrote some liner notes for the New York Dolls. Elizabeth Nelson and Sean Fennessy had both written about Carol King and Rage, respectively, for The Ringer. Michael Veal wrote a whole book about Fela Kuti. John Kennedy for Vulture ranked every Jay-Z song. Marcus Baram, who wrote a book about Gil Scott Heron. And we got a look inside with those writers and artists, but we also got a look inside more so than we've in the past in terms of how people vote with oh their my ballot. gosh all the voting episodes were like so fun the first one that just turned into like an eight-person phone call where everyone was just hanging out watching each other vote is yeah. like it is one of those things that is a silver lining of being in the age of zoom i'm not saying oh, that i'm for sure. grateful for the pandemic or no, no, any no. of I that 
but like we could not have gotten those eight people in a room and we mm-hmm. were able to connect people across so many time zones and like they were all having fun together and we were having fun and we were lobbying and we were making yeah. things happen and wheeling and dealing and my I mean honestly one of my favorite memories is Roy Drake voting for Tina Turner when we thought he was voting for Dion, for Dion yeah can see the ballot and All we right, are we got getting the go-go's. the go-go's. They have been filled in. Uh, really filling in the square Truly. with the. Uh, All right, we <laughs> got Jay Z. You see that? Yeah. Yeah. Who's going in now? We can't see this next one. All right, that's New got York the dolls. dolls. I got three. Okay. Okay. Where else was I going? You're going Go-go. to the Should to the bottom of the up? bottom of the list. Todd, you see that? Uh, move it, move it down a little bit. Good. Okay. Good. And then let's go to the very, very bottom of the of the ballot here. All the way to the there bottom. There she is. All right. Yeah. You know, you guys have convinced me. This is what I like to see. This is a dream come true. This is this is good radio, everybody. This is good radio. <laughs> this is good radio. <laughs> that is what it's there about. He goes. He- oh my gosh. All right. Let's see that square. Let's go. What do I got? I got four, right? Yes. All right. Let's. So- Move your way to you second. Wait are a second. going up there to careful, the Foo Fighters. Careful. I will lose my mind all the way down to the bottom. To the bottom. <laughs> he's the he's other toying D. with us. At the we moment, can't we see. can't see the bottom of the ballot. But perhaps, ooh, it's, this, this feels like a, a decided yeah, the, tease, like an intentional tease. Do you see it? No. No. Still no. <laughs> <You> cannot see <laughs> We see nothing. What? Whoa! Oh, whoa! He went a, with the a Tina. Tina vote. He went with the Tina. And you're right. I mean, like in the age of Zoom, it has allowed us to have moments like that that I think are really special. That straight up, I would have not have considered doing that, and we wouldn't have really have had the mechanism to do it because the other thing is like we could have skyped with people on another coast before all this, but how many people had the program downloaded on their? Yeah. At this point, everyone is Zoom literate to some degree. Yep. I mean, a lot of the people I mentioned that we talked to or were not in Los Angeles. Most yep. of them were not. And that opened up so many doors and allowed us to, you know, it's not just a matter of who's in Los Angeles and who will come to my house to record a podcast in person. Now, all of a sudden, it's like, who in the world would will get on their computer for a who little bit? Who in the world cares about the Rock Hall? That's our <laughs> new... That's our new working yeah. title. I mean, in those two calling voters episodes alone, we talked to 14 people. And then beyond that, you know, Evelyn filled out her ballot. Like you said, Roy filled out his ballot. Sean Fennessy filled out his ballot. We got to informally poll more people than anyone has ever done with, yep. with the ballots. And, you know, we tried our best with Dion. If she's on the ballot again next year, we'll, we will try again. And we, depending on how many artists we have to cover, maybe we'll do even more voter calling episodes because i think those are some of our most fun but also i think they provide a window to the process that yeah. is very interesting and and nobody else has really been able to to show we've got a niche baby <laughs> <laughs> and through that we got to meet a lot of people who we then got to have longer conversations with later like you said lauren on key who's you know now one of our favorites and and came Absolute on to talk to dream us guests. about Billy Preston and I think I do think the Billy Preston episode was one of our best and Chris Melanfi who's someone who loves to dive deep into the minutia 
and the nitty gritty of this stuff. And to do an episode with him later where he suggested the topic is, you know, that's a dream too. Today's theme was one pitched by you. It was indeed. And it was pitched by me right after I listened to your last episode, Uh which I loved, by the way. Thank you. And, you know, I'm going to apologize to Kristen in advance because, you know, it's it's two against one. You've got two deep hole nerds. Yeah, I can feel it. (laughs) (laughs) Like you said, we have been able to bring in all these really informed and, and smart voices into our show, but I... I am happy that we're able to maintain the relationships with the dumb comedians that we're friends with who are very entertaining. You know, we've always got Joey Devine in the mix. We've got Jimmy Pardo in the mix. Gotta have them. Especially since we've seen the induction of Whitney, I do feel like Shaka Khan is like that missing link between the Tina era and like the the Whitney era. I agree. And I'm like, if we get Dion in, ooh. It'll be spooky. Yeah. <laughs> She's alive, Kristen. It's not a ghost. There won't yeah. be a ghost there. What was our reveal episode like this year? I'm trying to remember it. For I the, know that for the inductees. For the inductees. We predicted pretty much every inductee. And if you've been listening to the show, you have heard our predictions, or at the very least, my predictions. I don't think that you differ. Kristen, from my picks, but I do believe the inductees this year will be Tina Turner, Carol King, the Go-Go's, Foo Fighters, Jay-Z, and Dionne Warwick, if there's six. I also think, especially having talked to voters as we did the last two weeks, that the New York Dolls and Todd Rundgren could sneak in there. Remember, it was not a surprise. I feel like, was the Go-Go's the last one that you revealed to me? I don't remember the, it probably, I think know, it was it probably the Go-Go's. Was. It probably was. I think was. it was like some nerves now. I'm like, okay, because, oh, you know, now the Go-Go's have not been yeah. put on yet. And also Dion. I was just going to say, they're going to tout that they're putting two women in, but it's two women who are already in doesn't add any women uh, to the voting exactly oh my god so it's often there are years that are just five inductees Mm -hmm. Um, this is a seven this year we have seven and be the Uh go-go's and Dion warwick let it be ten there's no way so uh we have seen very frequently though six and it feels as these ballots get more and more stacked that six feels like it has to be the minimum. I mean, we saw seven in 2019, which was crazy. We hadn't seen that in 15 years. So will there be a sixth inductee? There is going to be one. I can tell in your voice, Joe, you haven't already started. (laughs) And also he hasn't started to like wind it down so that I'm not like actually losing my goddamn mind. Imagine if I said no. All right, that's our show. There is, there is, there is a sixth inductee, and it is our final inductee, and it is the Go Go's. I'm very happy about. But that. really, the what was so wild about the reveal of the class was the side category inductees. Yeah, and that's, that's really true. That was the meat of it. That ended up being the whole second half of that episode. Oh my god, an LL Cool J. I mean, what a wild. It was a cool year. It was a cool year. 2021, a cool year. Quote Kristen on that. Absolutely. Just no notes. The reveal of seven side category inductees really was able to fuel the months between inductee announcement and ceremony because we had about six months to fill. And that gave us 
a foundation of new artists and new inductees to cover while I also tried to creatively come up with new Good months, God. theme months. Let me see if I can remember them. Early influence. That's a great one. So yeah, that's where we talked about the early influence inductees and we got to talk to a, a guy named Elijah Wald who knows so much about the pre-rock era and has so many oh, yeah. hard opinions about what is rock and what isn't. <laughs> And coming from a very informed place. Great musician, crazy choice for the Rock Hall. Another one inducted by Ahmet. So I mean, there are a lot of jazz people who directly influenced a lot of rock people. Jelly Roll Mm -hmm. Morton is not one of them. You heard it here first, folks. Or if you have (laughs) done your research, you've heard it there. I mean, (laughs) Illinois Jacquette belongs in this particular hall before Jelly Roll Morton. Uh, And then after early inf June Lins, what what was it? It was uh, the longest, the cruelest month, if you will. Five-week month. Foo-Lai. 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 Foo-Lai pushed me to the limit in a lot of ways. You know, we talked about the Foo Fighters. We had another IRL episode with our buddy Connor Sullivan to really dive deep into their deep cuts and they record the next album there's nothing left to lose my favorite foo fighters album it's because ah. it's basically they're a trio in mm-hmm. on this album so it's really intimate dave taylor and, 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 nate, and, and nate. nate and it's again it's pretty varied in the sound but there's a lot of slow synthy new wave songs on it there's a song called headwires that's like that does a vocoder thing with this song called Generator that's like an incredible chorus that I can't believe wasn't like a single. In the back half of There's Nothing Left to Lose is really slow and sweet and just almost shoegazy. One of my favorite singles of theirs is Next Year, which of course we all know is, is the, the theme, theme to song the TV to show, Ed, Ed. Which, uh, <laughs> which I have I watched on YouTube recently? Of course. There's something kind of relaxed and happy about this album it's like he just seems happy to be making music we took the foo fighters as a theme and branched out to talking about bad names that was our tom sharpling episode what are the oh, worst yeah. names in you, rock hall? you really don't think just take one step back i'm gonna ask you just clear your head and let me just put a name and you tell me when you hear it fresh you tell me how dumb it sounds metallica <laughs> they're a they're a metal band and they're called they fit metal into the name <laughs> of the thing. That's maybe the dumbest name in all of music. Okay, that's a good point. It to me, it felt like it fit them so well. But it, the I guess well, I didn't fit have... because it's literally the thing they're doing. That's why it fit. <laughs> of course, it fit. Be like if you just called yourself hard rockin'. If you were in a hard <laughs> rock band, it's a truly terrible name that was fun why don't we take a quick break and then we come back we will talk about a month which i think might be my favorite month we'll be right back welcome back to the show everybody we'll be at a nice break we hope over your break you playfully joked and uh, maybe ribbed a friend ribbed a friend so I teased my favorite month. I do think Doc Gist was my favorite month. 
August was a good month. I mean, I remember a lot of it, but obviously this is the month of Clarence Avon. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. One of my favorite discoveries of 2021 is Clarence Avon. And I am so glad that I got to watch that documentary. And it was a very cool episode to talk to the editor. And I feel that about a lot of these episodes, we really had some great and insightful guests on these. Yeah, to be able to talk to people who worked on the films, especially, you know, the emphasis was on the editors. I mean, it could have been called editor guest. <laughs> it could have been, but I did not have the month booked. <laughs> Uh, that far in advance. So yeah, I didn't know that I could get Edidorgist. all these editors. Edadorgist. Edadorgist. That sounds like somebody's name in like Pennsylvania. Oh, this over here, that's Edadorgist. Are you talking to Edadorgist? No, don't talk to that guy. No, he's he's kind of weird. But yeah, Wills Naderick, who not only edited The Black Godfather and had a lot of stories to share about, about making this film, but you know, ended up producing the package for the Rock Hall, for Clarence's induction. Pretty evidently. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's a recut of the documentary, and, and watching that documentary is almost like watching an hour and a half package. And then to talk to not only the editor of the Go-Go's documentary, but also the director, Alison Elwood, along with Brett Banks, who edited Alison the Elwood thanked, but forgotten, but thanked in, in the speech. In Jane Wheedland's speech, yeah. She was like, this wouldn't have happened without, oh God, why can't I think of her name? Oh Ugh. God. Did yeah, they put that into the so into so the bad final that cut? they they had to keep it in the cut. I think they, they wow. trimmed a little bit of no it. Way but to there was get no way to cut it. around it. Wow. Um, but talking to both of them, I have to say the amount that people were willing to share about these films. I know that people can sometimes be reserved about their work, or you know, the work speaks for itself. But they were. I mean, Allison Elwood straight up told us she was working on the package mm-hmm. for the Rock Hall. Can we talk about your involvement with the induction ceremony? Um, I'm, I'm cutting their, their videotape for the, for the induction, so. The package, which is, package, you know. The package, one of our favorite parts of the ceremony. Always, the, always the, love these it. induction ceremonies, these packages are, are so much fun. And I think I'm so glad that you're doing it because you're, you have the qualifications to do so. Yeah, well, we're using a lot of the film. I'm just trying to show their progression. It's, it, you know, it, it, it's going to be fun. How long is the, uh, the package, Allison? Eight, What's the run? Eight, eight minutes. Okay. <laughs> just personally thinking about this, like we spent a good year plus of our lives putting together a 90-minute telling mm-hmm. of their story, and mm-hmm. now you have to put it into eight. I do not envy you, but you're a bold wonderful wizard that was a big reveal and also cued us into the fact that that the packages were gonna be a bit longer than you might expect for a live ceremony and then to talk to carter gunn who edited tina also just you know a lot of access a lot of stories and information and i felt like every question we had there was an answer to that was more interesting than we could have There's imagined. A moment when they're talking about the some of the cabaret shows she's doing, and it's there's really grainy footage of a dance studio where she, it seems like she's rehearsing with her dancers, but it's it's so blurry and grainy that I can't tell if it's a recreation or if it's for real. Again, with uh, having access to uh, Rhonda Rhonda Graham's archive. Rhonda shot eight millimeter footage 
during those early years with Ike, when they first were going on uh, some of the TV shows, she shot footage when Tina went to London. And when Tina first went on her own, she helped record some of those practice sessions. And this was stuff that was never, it hadn't even been developed, I think. Wow. Wow. Um, I have to check with Ben on that. But this is definitely the first time that stuff had been seen. And there was sync sound, right? I mean. What? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There was sync sound to all that stuff. Um, Another element of that is the dance instructor for her cabaret sessions when she started doing her disco medleys, who's in that, is... Hey, Mickey, you're so fine. You're so fine. You blew my mind. Tony Basil. Basil? Yeah. Basil? Basil? There you go. Depends on which side of the pond you're on. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Wow. That's that's really my guy. And then we talked to Joey for the Jay-Z documentary. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, actually, I had two more of things on the highlights, and this is one of them, which was that Timbaland clip on the Mm -hmm. Jay-Z documentary. sitting with Timbaland, and Timbaland is drinking from a giant jug and at first i thought it was a literal gallon of milk but (laughs) it seems to be like pink lemonade no it is not water i think it's like it is a it is a it is a fruited juice it's a but it's a milk jug yes it's a gallon no it's a size it's just a gallon of like like pink lemonade he like he's on the last two ounces of Um, it and, and he's, he's not ripped at this point because Timberland is was went through a period after this where he was on steroids. This is pre-Timberland steroids, is all I I'm mean, saying. definitely. Yeah. He's yeah, yeah. snacking, he's snacking like a maniac. We see yeah. him eat sa- a banana uh, aggressively. We, yeah. We also he's got his I can describe his movements and his energy as like that of as very seal like Mm -hmm. and like he's definitely when he's grooving to the beats the artist seal or the animal seal the animal seal (laughs) just to be clear he is very much grooving like an animal like a seal really impressed with itself like a seal trying to get a fish well and he should be because what he does is incredible it's outrageous he's one normal beat and Jay-Z's like, I don't like this. And he's like, well, fuck you. How about this? And then plays a crazy beat that is awesome. He plays the beat to Dirt Off Your Shoulder. Yeah. And- oh, no, that's, no, that's, 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 that's the very Dirt end. Off Your oh, Shoulder. Oh, yeah, he there's does the middle, middle one. There's that a middle one that's good. Like really good, but it's like halfway through Dirt Off Your Shoulder Insanity and the normal beat he was playing. It's like he was, it's a real escalation yeah, he, that he, he goes he through. He knew what he was doing. <laughs> Well, and I, I feel like that's a big theme of this movie is that we see how producers display their wares to Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. Like they each have a different style of being like, you're going to love this beat. And like the mm-hmm. Timbaland buildup of like, yeah, of like Goldilocksing it kind yeah, of. Yeah, like mm-hmm. I made you these three beats. I'm going to play you the shitty one first. Uh-huh. Then I'm going to play a pretty good one. And then I'm going to play like one of the most insane great one of the things most you've ever iconic heard. incredible beats turn the music up in the headphones and it's also such a timbaland beat. while mm-hmm. he's holding a banana and losing his shit by the way <laughs> I mean, and l- like the the fact that there is footage of jay-z hearing that beat for the first time uh-huh. is the like, number that's... of times you watch him hear an iconic yes. It's yeah. for the first time in this documentary. It, that is the value of least. this of this movie, and you can see it on his eyes. And like Tim, Timbaland knows it's hot, and like is just going crazy. And it's just those those moments 
Timberland are... literally, I look, I know I'm harping on a banana. You are. He, he eats half of banana in one bite, one bite. and then <laughs> holds the other half of the banana with like the peel like flopping around while he's <laughs> dancing to turn off your shoulder like it's a seal insane. like a yeah. trained performing seal. one of my favorite things that i found out this year it's like so good i love it yeah and okay so after doc guest do you remember what was september august september oh some Temperculence, uh, muse, muse September-xcellence? That is it, muse September-xcellence. <laughs> uh, celebration of the musical excellence category. You know, this is where we talked to Lauren Anki about, about Billy Preston. He's all over the Let It Be album. He's on like five major Stones albums and tours with the Stones. So it's actually interesting that he hasn't come up before. And, you know, he's got such a great catalog as both kind of a sideman, but also a solo catalog. And I think his story opens up really interesting topics around like rock and roll and gospel, particularly, and how it's been framed. So I was, first of all, really excited. I mean, I got to know Billy Preston's music two ways. One, I was a major Beatle fan. I was born in 1963. So I was kind of aware of the Beatles in the late 60s. I had older sibs. But like, as soon as you become a Beatle fan, like he's there on the rooftop, their rooftop the famous in January final 69, the, t- yeah. the last time they play together. He's on their last two albums, Abbey Road and Let It Be. You know, he famously brings a good vibe into the band in a period of struggle of tension um, between them then, yeah. you know so i knew him as like oh like why is billy preston's name on a beetle record this is weird and and those sounds is just fabulous and then when i was a kid space race And Nothing From Nothing were huge AM radio hits that Mm -hmm. I loved. I had them on 45. But he kind of disappears as a hit maker. And really, in many ways, his career, it fades. But his story lasts, I think, largely because of the Beatles. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he's always been somebody I just had a good I guess, guess a good feeling about. And then as I got deeper into the history myself, like, oh my God. We met and got to talk to a great guitar player from Canada, Sean Kelly, who- Oh yeah, he was cool. Was awesome and had so much to say about Randy Rhodes and how much it affected his music and his and his life. And, uh, Randy has been a huge part of my life. He's one of the inspirations for me playing classical guitar and uh, he's always been an inspiration for the way I f- try to phrase my, my own lead guitar playing. He was a perfect package because as much as we want to think as musicians, it's all just about the music. It was never just about the music for me. It was also about the image and mm-hmm. the aura. And his felt genuine because I thought he looked cool because he was so into his music, but he still had this kind of perfect rock star based on Mick Ronson kind of vibe going on, right? Mick Ronson being David Bowie's uh, yeah. guitar player for a very long time. Anyway, he yeah, Randy's, he meant so much to me that when I had a chance, I, I actually made a classical guitar record for Universal Music here. And uh, they wanted me to do kind of like, you know, one of those, they called it the number one classical guitar album, not because I'm anywhere near the number one guitarist, <laughs> but because it was like a hit series, right? They did number one piano, number one opera, all the uh-huh. pieces you'd know. 
I said, we have to put D by Randy Rhodes on there. And they're going, why do we do that? All, all this other stuff, public domain. Why do we have to pay publishing <laughs> as a record company would do? Yeah. I said, because more kids picked up a classical guitar because of D than they did because of Bach or Perica mm-hmm. or Soar. And I really believe that. Like he inspired us because he, we would read the magazine articles about how he was going to leave Ozzy to go pursue classical guitar, you know? And he was really a gateway into more serious music for me. So I owe him a lot beyond the rock inspiration. It was a classical inspiration and just the general music inspiration. This was a cool month full of interesting things, if mm-hmm. I recall correctly. <laughs> yeah, and, we, and you know, we took this category and kind of melded it into the next month, which do you remember what the next month was? September, October. It was not Rocktober because that never. is not- We would never do that. It's not what we We would do never do that. I know that I had a better one. Oh, it was Rocktober. October. There you go. Toddtober, <laughs> October, whatever you want. But because, you know, that includes both Todd Rundgren and James Todd Smith, aka LL Cool J, and LL Cool J is being inducted as musical excellence, we kind of bridged the gap there. We got to talk to Bill Adler from the early days of Def Jam, you know, the original director of publicity for the label. Who yeah. knew LL when he was and a kid? Adam Horvitz, who was, you know, uh, skipping out of high school at the time, uh, he dug through that box, and he's the one who heard this record, this demo uh, tape by this kid calling himself LL Cool J, and he's the one who, you know, told Rick about it, and Rick listened and said, "Yeah, there's something there," and that was the start of it. Wow! And you know, then as as I said, and then as I said, you know, as a matter of fact, you know, what happened was LL was the first artist on Def Jam during, you know, what you might call the the formal Def Jam era, you know, if if Tila Rock was kind of a preview, you know, Mm -hmm. Def Jam per se got started with DJ 001 in the fall of 1984 with LL Cool J's I Need a Beat. Yeah. And talking to him was really cool. And then of course, you know, if we're going to talk about Todd Rundgren, you got to get the number one stand, the reason for the season. Karen Glauber. And it was so much fun to hear from her and give her a hard time about Todd Rundgren's weird phases that she begrudgingly accepts and the, the weird phases that she loves. I feel like we start to get into some very interesting places. I'm thinking about the next album, which is Acapella, which yeah, is beautiful record. an Acapella album. You know, wow. but not- before Pentatonix did it. Yes, they were <laughs> oh, there. Oh, dear. I think there was also tours where he would do Todd Rundgren's Johnson, where it come out wearing a dashiki and play blues songs, like no. or do his like Robert Johnson, tour. yeah, and then do his tiki tour. He did his like lounge tour. Then yes. I saw the House of Blues, and that was. What I love, I mean, I'd be super grumpy to be at that show at the time, mm-hmm. but I love that he does it for himself. He's yeah. not thinking about me, lifelong fan, who would want to hear some songs I might know. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just doing what he wants to do. And if people are willing to pay money to do that, fantastic. And that, and, you know, and that led us kind of up to the, we had a live show, Kristen. Yeah, that's actually my final highlight of the year was the live episode. 
I can't believe it happened. I can't believe we pulled it off. I can't believe we booked little Steven. And next up is one of the finest girl groups to have all male members. Mm. <laughs> I'm, of course, talking about the Corvettes. Featuring Donnie DiMartonioni, Vinny Cucciatore, Bobby Stanzioni, and Johnny Amaretto. Four Irish guys from Boston. <laughs> Together they made beautiful harmonies, and nowhere was it ever more present than on their 1965 hit, Too Late for Sunday Dinner, which was the first song to feature mashed potatoes as an instrument. Oh. You know what? I think I've heard that one. I cannot one. Yeah. believe yeah. that there are a lot of things that are truly, quote, unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, I about mean, that. a good two and a half years since a live induction, and it was one that we went to in 2019. There, got, there was one in Cleveland. It happened. A few months before, it couldn't have happened. A few months later, it couldn't have happened. It really was timed well. We got to go see this induction. And then it really was such a cool thing to do a live show in front of people, in front of people mm -hmm. who wanted to come and wanted to see us. And we didn't have a special guest who was bringing people to the show that didn't know us. People just came to our show. True. I mean, some people in the audience did not know us. And I want to say we converted them. We talked to some people after the show, and that was a very cool feeling. But it was really cool to meet a lot of the listeners who were Yes. there in Cleveland and that that meant a lot and was uh, just so much fun yes and the club was really treated us very well yes and I, shout out to know, hilarities a really really great venue that is better than it has to be nicer than they need to be across wow. the board a really lovely building a mm -hmm. very nice restaurant and we can't reiterate this enough and you know our listeners don't know this but the staff at hilarities is really, really good to the artists, you know, to the, yep. the people that they're working with. And they were so kind to us at every moment from preparing the show to during the show to after the show. They couldn't have been more accommodating and nice. And it was just, I can't shout out hilarities enough. And, you know, I don't know what the future has in store for this podcast, but if we are in Cleveland again and we want to do a live show, like there is oh, no yeah, we're back doubt there. in my mind. Uh, there's nowhere else. There's no place I'd rather mm -hmm. be. Mm -hmm. No, yeah. I mean, truly, yeah. So <laughs> shout so out true. to the, the whole team at Hilarities and, and we, we thank them. And, you know, we got to do another IRL episode to review the induction, which is standard. Find a place, <laughs> find a place wherever we are and do the, do the recap. And, the, you know, we were lucky Jeremy uh, in Cleveland helped us out with a studio and we got to talk with our squad with my friend, Bill and my girlfriend, Haley. And, it was you know, great. Our little squad showed up. Yeah. My sister got to come to the ceremony and like we said at the top of this episode, it was kind of like the last time something like that could happen for a while, mm -hmm. you know, that we were able to do all of that traveling and then just be in a venue of that size. I like, mean, we'll see. I don't know. But it, it, it happened at a very good moment where it was safe and people would participate without... Yeah hesitation really truly wild yeah and no i loved our recap episode it was so fun this was a good year for the hall i mean the ballot was good 
then the the freaking you know class was good mm-hmm. the ceremony was good <laughs> like i don't know is do you feel like the, you know, the, sh- the shoe's gonna drop no, or what's uh... like, what's happening yeah and uh, if this is if this is a sign of where the hall is headed then you know that's exciting and you know it, it was as always and i hope this is a tradition for us we got to talk to the director of the ceremony and we got to talk yeah. to Joel Gallen and we got to talk to Rick Krim, who's the talent producer and to have access to that information, you know, what could have, would have happened in uh, behind the scenes. That is, we are so lucky to be able to, to get that. And as everybody heard, we did have an artist, you know, drop out right at the last minute because of COVID, not in Cleveland, but, you know, Brian Adams had COVID right before he was going to get on a plane to come to Cleveland and we had to replace him. So that was the only casualty, so to speak. So he never made it to the point of rehearsals. Uh, tested positive, I think two days before his rehearsal or the day before he was supposed to leave. So, so I think crazy. we found out the Wednesday, the Wednesday morning before the show. So he was supposed to be a part of the Tina Turner tribute, obviously yes. playing playing his uh, the duet he once did with Tina. Yes. I would love to know. I mean, yeah. what, what do you do? How did you get Keith Urban? Was that the most stressful part of the whole thing? I don't know. I kind of love that stuff because it kind of <laughs> gets your adrenaline flowing. I found, uh-huh. out, I found out the news on Brian as I was at the airport in LA about to get on a plane to Cleveland. Mm-hmm. You know, we had a, some calls. We had talked about Keith earlier on about the show because he's somebody we've always wanted on the show. He was actually supposed to be on a few years ago to induct Dire Straits. But when Mark Knopfler decided not to show up, Keith was going so out of his way to get there. He was literally got to leave rehearsals for a, one of the country music award shows in Vegas to get there, but ended up not coming. So we spoke and we all felt Keith was the best idea for a potential replacement for a lot of reasons. And I think I made one quick call before I got on the plane and actually while in transit to Cleveland, we got him confirmed. Thank God for American Airlines Wi-Fi. Wow. (laughs) Oh, on the plane. You know, we have definitely gotten access to more, you know, writers and experts and things like that. But also, you know, as time has gone on, the access level to just kind of haul insider knowledge and hall insiders i didn't see it coming <laughs> and you know what joe it's all thanks to your tenacity because oh, i would goodness. not be emailing these people i'm not dming them i'm not tweeting mm-hmm. at them no, so no. thank you for that and listen i don't want to emphasize that necessarily but if it's not clear enough to people listening to the show i think it would be Kristen would would rather die than have to do <laughs> have to do anything like that the show would be over if i was left in charge we would not have a show and so yeah no i think it's really incredible it's a big testament to your commitment and dedication to whatever we've built so yeah and you know uh, onward and and forward we have experimented a little bit at the end of the year here with as opposed to going back to artist-centric episodes, we've been playing around with different subjects and topics with interesting people. You know, like we said, Chris Melanfi came to us with the idea of who does the nomcom like, who do the voters like. You know, that got us to a fun categorization of who's a waltz, who's a wood, who's a wishful. And I think <laughs> we will, I think we'll be I think we'll be going back to that the classification. And you know, to talk to say we just talked to pat francis just about classic rock and to talk to somebody who's from a different music podcast about like kind of what Mm -hmm. their thing is how it relates to what we talk about and you know when when we come back in the new year we will keep going with the established series of episodes that 
we we kicked off with the great Daphne Brooks and, and Devin Ivey. And we will, you know, kind of map out the next few phases of, of the hall and, and to kind of get an idea of where it's headed and what could happen and how difficult or easy it gets as we progress through this weird thing. So look out for that. And before you, before you know it, like I said, nomination season starts very soon. We'll be one of my favorite, (laughs) always one of my favorite episodes is, is revealing to you and making you guess with our guest who the FYEs will be. And for this, it will be 1996. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. What a time to be alive. It's going to be a lot of fun. Oh and you gosh. know, we'll do a draft. And before you know it, the, the ballot's going to be out there. We have the our guesses. The world turns. But... The hall keeps on a rolling. <laughs> the rock keeps on a rolling. The rock rolls <laughs> and it rolls and it rolls. So yeah, I mean, that's it. It's been a great year. Kristen, I am thankful that you haven't quit. I know that was <laughs> uh, that was potentially in the cards with the the pat issue last year but it is fun and it is i think i look forward to every week to do this show with you thank you joe i feel the same you know we really got lucky with all the sudden availability i've had this last two years (laughs) it's really been helpful to the show yeah no it's been great i'm really i cannot believe that I still do this show and that we do it every week. It is a lot to put it out every week. And it's really amazing that you have kept us literally running this entire year. I propose breaks sometimes, listeners, (laughs) and Joe will not hear of it. And he's right. At the end, I guess consistency is key. So if you have stuck with us all this time, boy, I'm grateful to you too. Yes, we do appreciate the listeners so much. And it's gotten better. The show has gotten better and so has the hall. I'm not saying Mm -hmm. that we're the reason. I'm not trying to pull a Joe and say that like the hall started listening (laughs) and suddenly they're being more conscientious because there's someone watching. But all across the board, I have been pretty pessimistic about things improving in general, but this is one area that I can look to and see a modicum of improvement. Yeah, again, is there a link between our show and (laughs) the hall? All I'll say is... Why don't we listen to every time that I said that get back should be the jam at the end? I guess what I mean is that like, if there's some, I don't know how they're going to do the jam, if there's going to be a jam, you know, because people play songs. Well, they'll play all the young dudes. They'll do another song that like they did last time I saw it where yeah, Ian Hunter, Hunter who's not in the Rock and Roll, where Martha Hoople's not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I think Cleveland Rocks is going to be the obvious one. Speaking of Ian yeah. Hunter. That's another Ian Hunter. Yeah, you um, can't do that without Cleveland Rocks. You know, I think about the song Get Back, given that Billy Preston played on it, given that Tina Turner had a really good cover of it, and given that it's a song that everybody knows and people could take turns on the verses. I don't, that's one that, that comes to that's mind. Great. And I've, I've said this a few times already on the show, and this is the nod to Billy Preston, probably the only nod he's going to get, given that Paul McCartney is there. I think you do get back. You know, here we are, January 1st, 2021. And Kristen, I just get the feeling that Get Back is going to be the jam song. It's going to be the Foo Fighters and Paul McCartney and nobody else. That's just the feeling. And you're nodding at me? Yeah, Joe, I agree. I'm Kristen. I'm a genius, don't you think, Kristen? Oh, gosh, yeah. Wow. There are three things for me that, that keeps this show going. One is I like talking to you, Kristen. 
The second is that we get to talk to so many interesting people that if we didn't have this show, we would not ever talk to. And, you yeah. know, we, we are coming up on our 200th episode, like very soon. <laughs> We're coming up Don't on be. our 200th wow. episode very soon. Okay. And, you what know. What are we doing? Are we going to Hawaii? Are we doing a... <laughs> <laughs> Who cares about the rock hall is going Hawaiian. Um, but we have, to, we have probably, we have probably talked to close to 200 people, which is so crazy. And a lot of them, yeah. you know, in their, in the early years were our friends, but there are so many people, especially in the last year or so mm-hmm. we did not know ahead of time. And we've gotten to know and are people that we know now. And that is so cool and so great. And I'm so grateful that those people make the time for us. And, you know, the third thing is the listeners, the, the people who listen, Yeah. whether you reach out to us or not, even if you're just a number on a graph that I'm looking at obsessively about oh, trying to map out our growth, we do appreciate it. And yeah, uh, yeah th- those are the, those are the three things as we, as we close out the year and who cares, man, should about- we, ch- should we change, oh. a, should we change the name? Should it be, we care? No, it's always going to be who cares. It's always going to be no. I thought it was going to be like in this moment. I want our audience to know that we do care uh, about the about about the Rock Hall podcast audience. Yeah, who cares about the Rock Hall podcast audience? I do. I care very deeply for you all. It's us. us. I thought you were going to be like who cheers about the Rock Hall? Like Happy (laughs) New Year. like where are we going with this are we doing are we switching do i say who cares now is that what we do in 2022 <laughs> is i say i'm kristen stuttered <laughs> come on i'm kristen stuttered no no we're come not on. there it's yet a, it's a it's a kooky it's a and wacky it, and mix who them up. cheers the, of the <laughs> halls rock <laughs> i'm kristen stuttered <laughs> Come on. no we're not there yet i have a lot Come of stuff on. to say before we, we oh, get there okay. we're not done I have, well I have i'm ready i'm ready when it happens and and you know one thing worth <laughs> one thing that just occurred to me which was kind of a, a long thing coming was you did finally get to see the jonathan demi film at the museum oh yeah <laughs> this year which i'm so glad you did i'm glad too but as, as I was saying, we, we love to hear from you, the audience, the listeners. So if you would like to send us a message, you know you always can. Rockhallpod at gmail.com is the email. At Rockhallpod is the Twitter and Instagram handles. Add us. Say some stuff. Uh, we love to hear you all the time, every time. Uh, <laughs> You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, rate and review us. That's another thing we really appreciate. Five stars only. Leave us a nice review and give us five stars. And then in the new year, because of the way the algorithm works, more people will see us and we can continue to grow the more that people see us. Blah, blah, blah. Thank you to Mike Lloyd for the logo. Thank you to Yusu Kim for the music. Thank you to AKG who are... I'm using the microphone this time and they, I believe gave us a microphone this year. So I think it's appropriate at the end of the year. Uh, thank mm-hmm. you AKG for that microphone. Thank you to Pantheon podcast for hosting us. That is yep. a, a very cool thing that they continue to do and, and help us out in a number of ways. So we thank them. I'm Joe Quazala. Uh-uh, I'm, I'm Kristen Stuttered. 
I'm and who cares? Wait, okay, what? Wait. You have to okay, wait. So I thought you I don't thought know you how to do this. To, well, no, I thought you were going to try to snake me, and I wasn't going to let it happen. Okay, I'm Kristen Sutter. I'm Joe Quazala. And who cares about the Rock Hall?